0: This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy.
1: Well, hello. You are listening to the number one health and fitness related podcast on the internet. Number one in our minds and your hearts. (laughs) Yeah? Does that count?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Wait, who are we again? (laughs) We're the Weight Loss Podcast. We are. The best podcast of all time. Just ask us.
0: Yeah? <laughs> we should have that printed on shirts or something.
1: We, we conducted a survey where <laughs> Courtney and I surveyed each other um, what are our favorite um, health and fitness podcasts on the internet, and we both said this one. Amazing. So it must be good.
0: Amazing. Am I right? For sure. All
1: right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah? Yeah. Not awkward at all? No. Love it. Okay, so now that we've finished uh, blowing our own trumpet, we need to actually back up the fact that we think we're the best, don't we?
0: Yeah, that'd probably be helpful.
1: Yeah, okay, so let's do our best. Uh, righto, so a couple of uh, episodes ago, I gave my... Oh, wait. My name is Matt.
0: Oh, I'm Courtney.
1: Um, and we actually host this podcast.
0: Why doesn't it say it in the intro, anyway.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't mean we're the first people to go on. True. You know what I mean? Like, we, we could be anyone. True. So anyway, I'm Matt. I'm Courtney. And we are wild stallions. Can I get like a Bill and Ted reference in here? No? No,
0: that's too old.
1: Okay, that's kind of depressing. Anyway, a few episodes ago, I gave my top 10 personal tips for weight loss based on my own personal experience and based on the experience I've had working with many, many, many people as a trainer and coach over the years. And well, you know what? It's probably about time for Courtney to do it because, as we all know, Courtney is the star. Uh, and if you don't know by now, Courtney is the star. Uh, so I provided the entree. Now it's time for the main meal. Mm. No pressure, but Courtney, you have to nail this. Yeah,
0: clearly. God, now I now I am feeling a bit worried.
1: <laughs> Please just stand up and deliver. <laughs> nail it. So I asked Courtney uh, a little while ago to have a bit of a think. Um, And a reflection back on her own journey to date, uh, both herself personally, but also the experience that she's been gathering herself as a trainer and a coach to people uh, that she's worked with over the years about what her personal top 10 tips for weight loss are. Uh, so I asked Courtney for a top 10 and because she likes to overdeliver she's come up with 11.
0: Yeah, well.
1: Because we do believe in getting the best bang for your buck here at the World's number one health and fitness related podcast according to a survey.
0: Yes. Well, I I just I couldn't decide. I wanted the 11th one in there but I couldn't decide which one to take out. So I thought well bugger it. It's my list. It is I'm going to have 11.
1: And this is just how we roll. We promise a top ten and you get eleven. Correct. Because that's that's just us.
0: <laughs> it is. But can I also just say I did write these tips in no specific order. Oh. So it's not like a countdown? There's no ranking to this list. It's not that one is more important than ten or eleven. Oh. I just wrote out them as I thought of them.
1: Can we pretend that they are?
0: No. No, so they are definitely not in any specific order.
1: So shall I just read them out in any order that I want?
0: Oh, if you wanted to, you no, could.
1: That'll throw us right off. <laughs> We're trying to back up our claims of being the best in the world, so we should actually start doing that. So without further ado, because we've got um, 11 of the top 10 <laughs> tips from Courtney to uh, to give away, I'll um, I'll do my best to introduce... Uh, you okay there? Yeah. What's up? What's up? Talk to me.
0: No, it's all good.
1: Go on. Do, do I amuse you? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Are you laughing with me or at me? Oh,
0: I thought it would be good to have the 11th bonus one. Oh, I'm not
1: having a crack. I think it's fantastic. I mean, that's just how, how we do it. We say we'll do this, but instead we'll do that.
0: Go on. Introduce it. Come on.
1: All right. The number one, the best... <laughs> mo- wait, we can't say that, can we?
0: No, it's not in any order. I just got through sewing. Okay, that.
1: so um, here we are, starting with... Um, Courtney's top 10 tips for weight loss. Number number A.
0: Oh, no, you can say number one. I just didn't want people to think that it was more important or they've got to look at these in terms of a list to go down. Each one is important in their own right and each one will be more important or less important to different people.
1: You know, it's funny. I've had to make you explain your justification when you don't need to. I'm just a dickhead. All <laughs> right, so the number one, No. The first tip from Courtney is decide on your why. Courtney, what the hell do you mean?
0: Well, I think that you might have heard Matt and I talk about this a lot, which is (laughs) your why, but it had to be there. I actually did think about not having it there because we have spoken about a lot. Some of these as well, particularly in this one was on Matt's list, so some of these you might find on Matt's list. I actually didn't go back and look at Matt's list before I made my list on purpose. Uh, and I wrote my list a couple weeks after his on purpose, so I wouldn't remember every single one that he used. This one, I definitely know was on his list, and as it should be, and we've spoken about it a lot, but realistically, finding your why and deciding on your why it's, is so important in terms of setting yourself up for success. So if you think you should do something, or if you think you need to do something, they're very different things to wanting to do something. So what what deciding or finding your why is all about is working out what you want to do, what you want to achieve, not what somebody else thinks you should, or not what you think you need to do to fit in, or or, or something along those, those um, lines, it's about what you want. So do you really want to lose weight? If the answer is yes, why? So what part of being the size you are right now upsets you the most or that you're the most unhappy with? And then from that, you're going to set yourself up for success because from that, that's where you can decide on your goals uh, you can start your goal setting. You can uh, start framing a timeline around your goals. Everything else comes from that. So it's really important that you decide on your why first, and then everything else can really set set. You can really set your success in motion from there. But if you don't have a strong why, or you don't have a why, then it's going to be a really hard grind for you, and you're going to have moment you get usually I find that people that don't have a strong why or don't have one at all they will drop completely off fall away go backwards start again and it's a real roller coaster ride uh not that it's it can be like that for people that have found a strong why but it's it's enhanced when it's more so when you don't really have a strong commitment to what you're doing
1: I quite like the point that Courtney's made here in terms of not not doing something because you feel you need to do it.
0: I think it's really common. I mean, I know I know. It for is. me, I've had a lot of people tell me that I've asked them, oh, why are you losing weight? And they say things along the lines of, I've heard things like, oh, my doctor said I should. Or I've heard um, people say that, Oh well, people keep telling me I should, or oh, um, it. I
1: need to. I need to. I need to be healthy.
0: Um, it's just is it's it's sort of comments where you get the feeling that it's oh okay, like it's not it's not uh, a real sort of want and desire of theirs. It's just a oh yeah, well someone told me that I'd I'd look better, I'd look prettier if I was thinner.
1: And, that's also, and things like
0: that, like that's not a true, true reason.
1: That's also why it's the first question
0: mm.
1: uh, that Courtney will ask someone whenever, whenever someone will approach, or I suppose either of us in terms of asking to work with us and, and get our help. The first thing we have to establish is okay, why. <laughs>
0: I think it's really important to also establish if someone really wants to lose weight. Mm. And I know this is called the Weight Loss Podcast and, and we are, after all, personal trainers and that's what we do. We help people to lose weight. But not everybody out there wants to lose weight. And that's okay. You don't have to lose weight if you don't want to. But we want to, you know, the people that really want to do it, are the people then that need to find their why and connect with the fact of why they really want it.
1: Well, chances are they already have if they really want to do it. Yeah. There's something that's upset them enough to make them take action.
0: But I think the people that sort of waver a lot with the whole I should lose weight or I need to lose weight tend to be the people that either maybe unhappy with the way that they look, but they just really haven't reached that that point where I was like that for a long time, whereas I thought that I needed to lose weight. I thought that, oh, well, my sisters were thinner. Um, they were really pretty. I need to lose weight to to look pretty and, you know, to fit in. I think that you can really get stuck in that mindset of, oh, well, I need to lose weight, and that's why I never achieved anything, and I never lasted on anything that I tried because it was always that, oh, well, I guess I need to lose weight. But it was never a desire. I never had that desire. I would sort of flip-flop between hating the way that I looked and then I would convince myself that I wasn't that bad yet, you know? So I think some people can often think that they're really found the reason why they want to do it, but then they haven't really quite found it because they're still in that mindset of that they need to lose weight rather than they want to.
1: You know what's a, uh, a good test to really see how much someone actually wants to do it mm. uh, is once they realize how much work's involved over a, a long-term period of time. It's not like a 21-day or a 12-week fix. Yeah, It's like, okay, you realize you need to change the way you do things gradually over a long-term period of time. That's when you do find out how much someone actually wants to change because it's a case of, you know, is what upsets you upsetting you enough to overcome the fact that you... Again, you have to do things you may not want to do all the time.
0: Yeah, I think that's an awesome point because, realistically, at the end of the day, there's always sacrifice involved. Mm. Um, we don't advocate diets, obviously. It's why we never advocate diets because diets are very short-term focused, and they, in order to be short-term focused, in order to get the results in the short time frames that they promise, they cut so much stuff out of your lifestyle and it's not sustainable long-term. So if things aren't sustainable long-term, well then it can't be a solution for weight loss. So that way, we look at the long-term as you said, Matt, but I think that there's always still sacrifice involved. I think that there's a lot of people that start to think, oh, well, if I'm not on a diet, then there's no sacrifice. There's always sacrifice involved because if there wasn't any sacrifice, you'd continue doing what you were doing and you would continue getting the results that you've always gotten. So there's always going to be a level of sacrifice involved. And I think that speaks a lot for what you just said, Matt, where once you come to the realization that you are going to have to make sacrifices to get what you want, then I start. I think you really start to figure out whether you want something.
1: All right. So the, the next tip that Courtney's got is an interesting one. I'm keen to hear this one. Start growing a thick skin.
0: Yeah. What well, up? Well, this was something that I had to deal with, so it helped me, in which case, therefore, I felt like it would help other people. I had to really start to not compare myself to others, not listen to noise that was out there about what other people are doing, what people had to say about what I was doing. So I think when you change anything as part of your lifestyle, the people closest to you are used to you doing other things they're used to you doing what you've always done so once you change your habits and change your daily routines people are going to make comments and
1: change how you look
0: and it's not necessarily always they don't mean it to be negative i found that people weren't saying things to be cruel to me that people that were closest to me they never said things to be cruel to me it was just little comments that they would make that i would think oh
1: Comments like what? Was
0: well, just little things like, oh, um, we were going to go out for dinner, but I guess you can't come. I'd say, why can't I come? You know, because they would, oh, they wouldn't that. think that. I would be able to eat the food that they were going to eat. So because they just assumed that I was probably on a diet and I wouldn't be allowed to eat anything. So again, it wasn't coming those little things aren't coming from a in my experience they weren't coming from a nasty place. They weren't these people weren't trying to be nasty to me. They were actually in their minds trying to help me, but it it wasn't helpful. So those sort of things you have to start getting your head around. People start commenting on how much I'm eating. See, when you're going from eating like I was maybe three times a day to eating very often throughout the day, and but just healthier meals, but people are constantly making comments to me like, oh, you're eating again. And those sort of things, if you're in the wrong... If you if, if if you don't have that that starting to get that confidence in yourself and what you're doing, can be derailing really. If someone's making those sort of comments to you and they're not, again for me it was they weren't saying it to be nasty. They were just making a comment. But if if you that can be derailing for a lot of people to have that comment made to them and then they start to second guess what they're doing and think, oh god, am I eating too much? Is this wrong? Should I not be doing this? Um, so those sort of things to watch out for, I found when I first started, um, changing my habits and, but realistically the people around me caught on to what I was doing really fast. So it didn't last very long, but I have known of clients where they have had those little comments made, um, to them in, in some clients cases, I think Matt, you'll back me up where we've had known had clients that the people around them haven't had. Positive comments directed at them, and unlike my situation where it was unintentional, th- some people's have been intentional.
1: Yeah, it's a sad, it's a sad, unfortunate fact that uh, there are plenty of people out there that have uh, duds in their lives, a dud support network, uh, and often when people around you don't like what you're doing because it makes them look or feel bad about themselves, they take it out on you.
0: So sometimes wasn't my experience, but I have had clients that have had that experience where it has been intentional. So for the people in my life, they caught on very quickly as to what I was doing. And the comments started to go from, Oh, you're eating again to, Hey, isn't it time for you to eat? And they would come and they would eat with me. You know, in my previous workplaces, I would have people reminding me, Oh, isn't it time for you to eat now? Let's go out. I'll have a coffee while you eat. So it's, it became very much like... Supportive. Very supportive, but also very just like it wasn't a big deal. It just became part of our everyday life. It became normal. It became normal. It was the new normal. And that happened in my experience very quickly. But if I had have let those first few instances of comments derail me, then it could have become a real big problem. So when I say start to grow a thicker skin, it covers that situation. And I think that it's really important to run your own race. Don't listen to the people around you. Everybody is an expert. You're going to go to a barbecue on the weekend and you're going to have Uncle Joe tell you how to lose weight. Uncle Joe, that, the mechanic...
1: Is that, wait, is that Fat Uncle
0: Joe? Un, fat, fat Uncle Joe, the mechanic, is going to tell you, oh, I know, I know how to lose weight. So everybody's <laughs> an expert. So you're always going to have people that tell you that oh, no, 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 you should try this or you should do this or you should try this exercise class, I've tried it and it's really good or you should try this. Run your own race.
1: Don't you love it when um, overweight people give you advice on how to lose weight?
0: I I find it the most funny when overweight doctors try to tell people to lose weight.
1: Okay, that...
0: but anyway, that's just a separate pet peeve a- that I have. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely what I mean by grow a thick skin. Also, definitely, I know it's very difficult when you're so used to doing it, but you do really need to stop comparing yourself to others and stop looking at social media like it's real life,
1: because
0: it's <laughs> yeah. not. <laughs>
1: yeah, fake.
0: It's definitely it's super not. Fake. Uh, a lot of it is not real life. A lot Fake of news. it is 100% put on show. I know that Instagram now are making a few changes to what they're doing to make it a lot more obvious. So I know that I think the recent rules have changed where people have to uh, write whether they're being sponsored uh, to promote a product or not. Uh, so you'll see like hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad. Um, a lot of people, I think that that is literally they've made that part of the rules. So you have to do that now. So it's taking out a lot of the crap slowly, but just be uh, really aware that most of the stuff put on there is of course, just their good days. It's just,
1: best angles. they've
0: probably taken a thousand photos to get the one, you know, it's, it's, it's not all real life. And people often only want to show you the best sides of them. So you can't, and you also don't know what those people are doing, what they've done, what they plan to do in the future. You have no idea where they've come from. So best to, yes, social media can be great for inspiration or, um, things like that, but definitely take everything you see on social media
1: with a grain of salt. All right. The next one, don't rely on motivation.
0: Yes. Motivation, to me, very short-term orientated word. So when you think of motivation, you think getting motivated to get out of bed, getting motivated. People often use the word motivated to describe so many things. Getting motivated to go to the gym, getting motivated to prep their food, getting motivated to do this, do this, do this, do this. A lot of people that talk about, they rely on motivation in terms of achieving their goals. Now, motivation is a short-term fix. It's not going to stay with you for a long-term goal, which, as we know, weight loss is a long-term goal. You're not going to achieve any really significant changes in four weeks, eight weeks, 21 days, 28 days, whatever. Uh, insert short-term um short term it word here, but you're not going to achieve a whole heap of success within that small period of time. So you'll see a lot of um, the word motivation used when describing these sort of short term fixes, but it's not going to help you in terms of achieving something really long term, which a lot of weight loss goals are. So that, that way, yeah, you can use the word motivation and you can use it in your short-term progression type of goals, but you can't rely on it to get you to the very end peak of your goal. That is where you really got to incorporate into your vocabulary things like uh, the words like commitment and dedication. These are more long-term, they have a more of a long-term emphasis on them, I think. So when you're talking about what do I need to do to get to where I'm where I want to be you're talking about commitment to your goals commitment to making changes to your daily habits commitment to getting to the gym you're committing you're making a promise and a commitment to yourself to everything possible to reach your goal
1: and I suppose a commitment to not expecting perfection
0: correct Correct. And I think the reason why I'm so big on this motivation thing, because I've seen it so many times where people just completely derail all of their progress because they had a week where they weren't motivated. I'm going to tell you, you are going to have more than a week where you're not motivated. We do. We have constant days, weeks where we're not motivated. You might feel shitty, you might have a bad week at work. You might have been on holidays and you come back from holidays and that time when you come back from holidays, people always say to me, oh, yeah, I was going to come to the gym, but I just I couldn't get motivated after my holiday. I don't give a shit about motivation. Don't blame it on motivation. Remember your commitment that you made to your goals. So I think motivation is often used as an excuse and it's also often used as a, there's because there's so much emphasis put on it, the The first thing that goes wrong, it can completely derail your whole progress because you're relying too much on saying, oh, yes, I'm motivated, I'm motivated, I'm motivated. You're not always going to be motivated. It
1: does, it, I think you make a good point. It does sort of shift the ownership of responsibility by saying, oh, yeah, I didn't go because I just wasn't motivated to do it. No, mate, you chose not to.
0: I, I think there's a lot of excuses on motivation use. I used to use it as an excuse all the time. I used to use it as an excuse not to go to the gym. I used to use it as an excuse to go and walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes and then go home and say I was done. You know, because I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't give a shit if you're feeling it or not. You either want to do it or you don't. So it, it can be absolutely used as an excuse because, and I know that for a fact because I used to do it.
1: All right. Next one. Don't try to be perfect. Yes. What do you mean? Are you telling me that when you go to lose weight and totally change the way you look, the way you feel, that things may go wrong?
0: 100%. No. (laughs) I know. And can I just also mention, the reason I've picked literally every single thing for this list is because I have experienced every single one. And I've also seen an experience, but the most important thing is as I can say I've literally experienced or done every single thing on this list for better or for worse, so I can speak from experiences to all of these but in terms of being perfect you're never gonna be perfect and you never you never will and it feeds a lot into the a couple of the other points that I've already gone through things like um growing like growing a thick skin and blocking out the noise and not comparing yourself to others, um, social media, um, relying too much on motivation, a lot of this all goes together. So you're never going to be perfect. You're always going to make mistakes. It's just a part of the process. I mean, you really think about it. You're trying to change habits that you have built up over five, ten years. 15, 20 years of your life, 25, 30 years of your life, you know, you're of course you're going to make mistakes in terms of getting past that, but we tend not to give ourselves a pass on making those mistakes like we would if we were doing something else. So if you started a new job and someone was training you in a new job and you make a mistake, you give yourself a pass because you say, oh yeah, I shouldn't have done that, but you know, I didn't know. I'll know for next time. But for some reason, when it comes to ourselves and our weight loss goals, we don't give ourselves that pass. And we don't allow ourselves that, okay, well, that was silly, but you know now for next time I won't do that again. We don't give ourselves that. We just We just throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, well, the whole thing's fucked. Like, that's it. It's all over. I'll start again next week. You wouldn't do that if you were at your job. So you've really got to look at yourself in terms of you're always going to make mistakes. I had this as well. I've started and stopped trying to lose weight so many times because of a lot of different reasons. And this one being one of them was that I would start, I would have a shit day where I'd eat crap all day or I would emotionally eat because I'm a big emotional eater and then that would be it. I would just say, look, stuff it. I've, I've stuffed it all up anyway. I'll just start again next week. So if you have mistakes, if you make mistakes, which you will, so I shouldn't say if you make mistakes, when you make mistakes, because you will, don't panic. Don't beat yourself up about it. Learn from it. Think about what you could have done better and move on. The faster you can do that and you can move on, the easier it's going to be for you. If you dwell on it and if you churn on it and if you beat yourself up about it, it's all just going to keep coming around in a circle and fester.
1: It delays the uh, progression as well. Yeah. I all mean, right. I,
0: I'm sure, Matt, you've had this. Like, you've made mistakes.
1: My whole, my whole life is a combination of mistakes. Yeah. Uh, mistakes make you better. Uh, success doesn't.
0: Absolutely. It's no different to like children as well. Like a child does something wrong and, you know, you might tell the child off for doing something wrong, but at the end of the day, if they didn't know any better, then it's a teaching moment for Mm, them. Well said. So, you know, I I think we're often way too hard on ourselves and we treat ourselves differently than how we would treat other people in the same situations.
1: All right. Next one. Don't eat food you hate. Mm. What is up with that?
0: Well, this one I wanted in there because again, I have dealt with this and I think that it's something that needs to be spoken about. So when you're changing up the things that you eat, I'm not saying that, yeah, continue to eat pizza and ice cream and Coke. And then, you know, you like that food. So continue to eat it. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is When I first started to change my eating habits, I did try out a lot of foods that I had never tried before. So a lot of vegetables I had never tried before, asparagus, um, Brussels sprouts. What else did I used to not eat? I never really ate pumpkin very much. I never, there were so many foods that I just never grew up eating because I was a really fussy eater and I just wouldn't try them. And I would convince myself I didn't like them. And I'd say, I don't like that. I'm not trying it. So when I first met Matt and he encouraged me to just try things, just put it in and just try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to have it again. So I did that. And there's definitely, it was a big eye opener for me because there was definitely things that I didn't mind eating. Like I would never have eaten Brussels sprouts before, but I tried them. I didn't mind them. So that was a big eye-opener for me. I tried asparagus, hated it. Can't eat it. Ugh, gross. So I just don't eat it. So I think a lot of the time people get into the trap of, they feel like, I've got to eat healthy. I've got to eat all this stuff. And they try something, they don't like it, but then they just continue to force themselves to eat it because it's supposed to be a superfood or it's supposed to be super healthy, or that's what Giselle Bunchen does, and she eats that, so I'm going to eat that.
1: Sounds like a diet, doesn't it?
0: It's very diet mindset. If you don't like it, well, newsflash, you're not going to sustain it for very long.
1: And isn't that also why meal plans don't work?
0: Very true, Matt. That is also why meal plans don't work, because if there's food on there that you don't like, well, you're not going to stay on it for very long.
1: Eating shouldn't be a chore, really, because no. you know humans are built to eat no matter how many um, UB weight loss programs are out there that gonna say, oh yeah, don't eat, just have these awesome shakes instead, humans are built to eat food. So if humans are built to eat food and humans are emotional eaters by design, why should food be a chore?
0: And why would you be miserable? I just, yeah, I don't get Fuck that. that. Why be miserable about it? There's enough stuff in life to be miserable about yeah, without adding food to that list. Yeah. It should be a joy. Um, it should be fun. It should be fun. Uh, so it shouldn't have to be, as as you said, Matt, that's perfect. Like it shouldn't have to be a chore to sit down and eat. And I think that a lot of people go too far and they force themselves to eat food so that they do Really don't like, so, so find
1: ways to make them good.
0: I would definitely encourage though to try out different vegetables, to try out different foods that you may not necessarily have ever really tried before, just to see. And if you still really don't like that food, don't eat it. We can also you don't, don't forget have to eat
1: it. Uh, herbs and spices.
0: There's, yeah, there's definitely ways that you can make things taste better. There's certain vegetables that I don't love on their own. But once I mix them in with other foods or once I stir fry them, like raw capsicum to me, any color, not a big fan, not a big fan. I need something to go with capsicum to make it taste better for me. So putting it into stir fries or putting it in um, with a big salad full of flavor or putting it in. Other things tastes fantastic to me. I know people that could eat strips of car- uh, capsicum just on their own without That's a me. problem. <laughs> That's Matt. But I'm not one of them. So yeah, there's definitely foods out there that you can make taste better by cooking them differently. I actually personally hate the taste of cooked carrot. I think the taste of cooked carrot is awful. I think once you cook carrot, it completely changes the taste of it. I like raw carrot, so I eat my carrots raw. So there's, there's other foods as well that you'll find different methods where you do like them or you don't like them. But the point, I just wanted to have this one in there because I've seen it happen before where I say to people, oh, what's that? Or something like that. And they'll say, oh, it's this. It doesn't taste very nice, but I eat it. I say, well, why are you eating it? There's so many foods out there and there's so many flavor combinations that you can try. Don't get stuck eating the one boring thing just because you saw it on Instagram.
1: All right, next one. Listen to your body.
0: Yeah, this is a big one that I've actually really just um, been learning more and more about probably in the last 12 months. Where you really, it's really important to listen to your body because your body will tell you more than you think that it will. So we think we have to have all the answers, whereas our body will often help us. Understand what foods sit well with us, what foods don't. Um, are we eating enough? Are we not eating enough? So a lot of people will uh, write to, to us, Matt, won't they, and say like, oh, how much protein should I be eating? Or how do I know how big my um, portion sizes should be?
1: Courtney, can you please tell me the exact ratio I need to have between protein, carbs, and fat? I've just started... <laughs> What should I do here? Also, how many calories should I have at breakfast?
0: Yes. So the answer that we would give, please tell me, those people, and it's not very exciting. And I'm sure that they receive the answers from us and roll their eyes and think that, oh,
1: these dickheads,
0: that wasn't helpful at all. But the realistically, the answer is at the moment, just eat to your full. Just eat to your full and listen to your body. Allow your body to adjust to what it's doing and listen to it and. Start to understand that it's going to give you signs of how it feels. I know for me, I have a little bit more of a sensitive stomach than Matt does. Matt can pretty much almost eat anything and be fine. I, there are certain things that don't agree with my tummy. So I do have to be a little bit more careful about the ingredients that I'm choosing. But I'll still try to try new things, new flavors that I haven't tried before. Recently, I had tried something new and it just didn't sit well with me. So I had to learn from that and listen to my body, take it back out, you know, okay, I'm not going to try that anymore. And my body adjusts and goes back to normal. So it's all about just understanding how your body's feeling, listen to your body and take take notice that way. Because I think, yeah, too much emphasis, do you agree, Matt, too much emphasis often, um, especially in the early past, is put on, you know, what you just said, like, oh, how much of this? How much of this? How much of this?
1: Well, they're one percenters. I mean, yeah. everyone that starts off um, on, their, on their path to, you know, improving their shape and their health, it's, it's too, too common to focus on things that, quite frankly, don't mean fuck all. Yeah. So if you've got someone who's just spent years and years, if not decades, of basically abusing their body... What's going to help them more, gradually cutting back on the shit they put into their face every day or focusing on the exact amount of grams of protein they get per meal? Um, hmm. What about someone who will be really sort of on the ball with getting, getting their ratios right, their proteins, carbs, and fats, their macros right through the week, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, go out and binge drink? Yeah. Uh, let, let me take a second here to think about what could actually help more. So, people focus too much on the one percenters, not on the 99 percenters, which is if you are someone who has a history of being inactive mm. and eating lots of shit, just doing some regular movement and eating less shit is going to make a tremendous difference. And even for, for Courtney and I now, like between the two of us, we've lost what, 105 kilograms. We, don't, we haven't done any, any sort of ratios or, or calorie counting or shit like that because it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. For the goals that we're working towards and for you listening to this, it, it's irrelevant. So anyway, I'll shut up and let Courtney continue with her show.
0: <laughs> no, I think that's a fantastic point. I just, just quickly before we move on to the next point, I just think that sometimes as well with, with that, people that don't listen to their bodies enough tend to overthink things and then they tend to, overthinking things often leads, I don't know how this works, but I, oh, I see it so often. Whereas when people overthink things, it often leads them into cutting more and more things out of their life because mm. they overthink it and they think they get so worried that that little piece of low-fat cheese is going to make them gain five kilos <laughs> that they won't add it to their salad. And, you know, it just, it snowballs on from there. So again, it, don't overthink it listen to your body, and make common sense choices that are going to help you get to where you want to be. All
1: right. So the next one is one more lap. What is that?
0: One more lap I had to add in there because now this one may not apply to everyone. It definitely applies to me. So, uh, and it's something, again, I've really recognized within my own patterns and habits in the last probably 12 months. And I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this for, I mean, I started to change my um, health and fitness uh, area of my life about five years ago. So I've been doing this, I think, for quite a while. But even still, in the, over the, even in the last six to 12 months, I'm still recognizing and noticing things and patterns that, I'm, that I do um, that I can improve. So it's always a learning process so in terms of the one more lap, what I've noticed with myself lately, and this sort of came hand in hand with the listening more to my body, one where I noticed that I was listening, not listening to my body enough when it came to food and the basics, but then I was listening to my body technically too much when it came to exercise in particular, cardio exercise. So when I do, it's no secret that I hate exercise. (laughs) Definitely no secret. It's no shocker there. But when I do weight training exercise, it's all set for me. So the exercises before I walk into the gym, I know what exercises I'm doing. I know how many sets of those exercises I'm doing. And I've got a fair rough idea of the weight I'm doing based roughly upon the weight that I did the previous week. So I might go up slightly, but I've got a fair idea of what I'm going to be lifting. So that is set. But when it came to my cardio, I found that I would often quit before I necessarily could have. So when I do my cardio exercise, I try to always keep it around that half an hour mark, that 30 minute mark. But what I would often do is I would get close to that 30-minute mark and I'm finishing up my exercise and my legs are burning and I'm out of breath and I'm hot and I'm bothered and I'd say, yeah, I'm done, like I've had enough. When I think for myself, what I was noticing is I could have done one more rep of that or I could have done one more lap of that circuit. So I think that for myself, and maybe this applies to you as well, that often the rule that I've set myself now in terms of cardio exercise is whenever I think that I'm done, I do one more lap.
1: Love it. So
0: I might not make the whole lap because I might have actually really been done, but I don't trust myself to really when it comes to cardio to make that call straight away because often because my body's in pain and you know being in pain is not comfortable my brain will often switch in and just say now you're done i don't know matt you probably don't have that issue but i do
1: (laughs) don't don't assume
0: do you have that do you ever have that
1: of course i have absolutely Mm. with weights as well that's why we don't work out at our own gym anymore true because i'll always pull up short like oh yeah at this weight eight reps is enough where at the commercial gym we go to, now I'll do 10 or 11.
0: Mm. Do you often find yourself where you do cardio and you just say, no, I am just going to do one more lap just in case I'm not quite done yet.
1: I, I like to go until my body says to me no more, Yeah, but it's my body saying it, not my brain saying it.
0: I think that that's the point. there. yes, that is excellent. So I think that what I've been doing is I've been listening to my brain too much and not my body. Again, this is listen to your body when it comes to exercise. So I've Im- like I've Im- implemented this one more lap for myself, and it's made a big difference for me.
1: All right, next one. Don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Yes. Well, this one is. Ugh, there's not much I can totally add to this one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory for my- Mic drop. For myself, I didn't make any headway in health and fitness until I decided to ask for help. I think that there is a lot of stigma around asking for help. I find that, I mean, most most of our clients matter females. Yes. So I think there's even more stigma around males asking for help yeah than even females Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of there's a lot of um progress there that needs to be made in terms of being able to ask for help feeling comfortable with asking for help but
1: not thinking you're less because you're asking for help
0: yeah and and i think that that's really important to always remember if you want to try it yourself that's fine that's cool whatever but if it doesn't if it works for you awesome But if it doesn't, don't feel like a failure or don't feel like you're embarrassed to ask for help. It just makes you one of the other 90% of the population that can't also do it on their own. So 90%. 99? (laughs)
1: 99. 99.90%. It is a very good bit of advice. It is kind of common sense, but actually kind of isn't. Um, But to me, a simple rule is if you haven't done it yourself, how do you propose to get there? that's why asking for help from people that have done what you want to do is is such a sound bit of advice and
0: there's so much noise out there as I mentioned everybody's an expert and everybody's done something that's worked and this has worked for me this has worked for me oh my my cousin Sarah she did this and it really worked for her so it's it's a lot of noise out there and there's it can be really overwhelming of to where to start so that's where asking for help can really set yourself up for success
1: Okay, the next one is celebrate along the way.
0: Yes, the small wins along the way are essential to celebrate. Must, must, must. This is a absolute must for any client of ours. They have to start to learn to celebrate the uh, small wins along the way. By small wins, what do I mean? I mean the things that aren't the obvious thing that you're waiting for to change so when you look in the mirror your eye is automatically going to go towards your most hated part of your body for most people that is either the stomach area or the bottom half of our body so the hips sort of down area wherever and it's usually wherever you carry the most weight is the most hated part of your body generally speaking so whenever you look in the mirror to try to gauge success that is where your eye is going to go so if you haven't changed there, which let's face it, if it's a short term sort of time frame that you're looking at yourself, then yeah, you probably haven't changed there yet. You, again, it can be really derailing because you're putting so much emphasis on the one part of your body that you hate, which might take the longest to change. And you're constantly waiting for it to change, constantly looking, 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 looking. And if it's not changing, it's really easy to get derailed and to get disheartened with what you're doing. You're putting all of this effort in and you're putting all this time and energy into what you're doing and you're not seeing any results. It's really easy to overlook the things that are actually changing for you. So you're implementing new habits. What have you implemented? For a lot of people, that might be Going to bed half an hour earlier to make sure they get a good sleep. It might be getting to the gym three times a week. That that's that's a massive one for a lot of
1: people. Eating Con- breakfast
0: consistently, eating breakfast, eating more than once a day. You know, yeah. for a lot of people, even just might be a big uh, stepping stone. For a lot of people, they come to me and they say oh, what should I have for breakfast? Should I have this? Should I have this? And I say to them, well, do you eat breakfast? And a lot of the time they say no. And then I'll have people, and then I'll say, "Also, oh, how many times a day do you eat? Oh, once, maybe twice. Well, for right now, who cares what you're having for breakfast? Just have something. And then you can change it to maybe a better choice down the line. But it's about putting in these, that's a, these is where those small progression goals come into real handy when you're looking at the small wins. So you're not constantly always focusing on the big goal, the end goal. You're breaking it down into progress goal, goals and then you, into more procedural type goals. So your end goal might be to lose four dress sizes. So your step one goal is to lose one dress size. So your procedural goals are what do I need to change in my habits to make me lose one dress size. Don't worry about the four dress sizes for now because that's too far away to focus on. you got to think about the one dress size and what do I need to change to get there? And when you start to make those little changes in your life and you start to see things that you're doing better, you're maybe you're lifting heavier weights in the gym, you're making it through your cardio classes all 30 minutes where well, you might have only started getting through it 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, you're making, your, your skin is improving. There's a big one for a lot of uh, females, especially. Their skin starts to clear up and look better. Their hair and their nails start to improve and look better. Their stress levels go down. These are all small wins that they might not be obvious when you first look in the mirror, but they are going to what? what celebrating them and focusing on them and getting excited about them is what is going to help you continue on and keep that momentum going.
1: Could I recommend um, on the topic of that that Courtney's just been speaking about, go back through our archives of the show. We did um, two episodes called The 10 Signs You're About to Lose Weight. Mm. So we broke those 10 signs up uh, into two episodes. I can't recommend enough. On this topic going back to those episodes and having a listen because as as Courtney has said there are things that are going to happen before the actual physical change that most people don't recognize or don't acknowledge which ties in well to celebrating the small wins along the way hmm uh, so next one don't get overwhelmed
0: this one is definitely one that I can totally relate to is just trying to change everything at once and then changing nothing at once because it's too overwhelming and you just stop. So,
1: so you're saying that starting on Monday, I shouldn't go to the gym two times a day, eight days a week. I shouldn't cut out all junk food. I shouldn't quit all I sugar. I shouldn't wish. stop having alcohol. What? No. I shouldn't do it all at once?
0: No, no. You're
1: saying it won't work?
0: No, it won't oh. work. Oh. It will not work. Why? Because it's too overwhelming. It's too much too soon
1: bit 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 I'm motivated. There's
0: too much for the brain to process and you can't develop that many new habits in one go. So where are you going to put your energy if you're trying to change a 100 things at once? You don't have that that much energy to spread out over all those habits. So don't try to change everything at once and then pick a you know a couple of things to work on. And then work on those. Figure out the best way for you to work on those. So, Matt, you mentioned earlier um, eating healthy all week and then going out binge drinking on the weekends.
1: So, or binge eating.
0: That's a, that's a habit. And so for a lot of people, even with that one habit, people for a lot of people just can't change that. It's like smoking. People, a lot of people just can't stop smoking. It's going to take them a little bit of time to build up to it. So for someone that goes out and bins drinks saturday sunday they might start off with just saying look i'm only going to go out saturdays not sundays or i'm going to go out on sundays but i'm not going to drink i'm only going to drink on saturdays and then from there they might cut it down to say instead of having 12 drinks every saturday i'm going to have six so it's about breaking habits down and making it more manageable to be able to change so Don't overwhelm yourself because once you get overwhelmed, we as humans tend to shut down and we go running in the complete opposite direction. So don't overwhelm yourself. Break it down. Remember your goal setting. That is all designed to try to help you keep things as simple and as straightforward as possible.
1: All right. So moving on to uh, lucky last, number 11
0: (laughs) in Courtney's top (laughs) 10.
1: weight loss tips don't underestimate sleep and stress
0: yes i had to add this one in because this is a big one that affects a lot of people and i think it's really underestimated um how much uh, or how important this is to weight loss so stress and not sleeping enough can have a massive impact on your results yeah, I've heard of people that say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. My weight loss is sort of plateaued. I'm eating the right foods. I'm drinking the right drinks. I'm exercising. What am I doing wrong? And you look at everything and then you come to stress or, or sleep and they're getting like four hours of sleep a night and they wonder why they're there not achieving their goals. Um, so it can be really underestimated how important it is to have those things under control and how derailing they can be if they're not under control. Would you agree, Matt?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would.
0: Earth to Matt. Wake up, Matt.
1: Yeah, no, of course I would agree. (laughs) Continue.
0: No, I just wanted to add that in as a number 11 because it is something that's really important to keep in the back of your mind that if those things aren't consistent it will affect your results i think we can all all we can all have been guilty probably at one time or another i know i have matt i don't know if you you tell me if you have been guilty of just focusing on the food the exercise and forgetting about those things like stress and that and sleep things that people necessarily don't relate to weight loss but they can have a big impact oh they
1: do relate though that's the thing but i think a
0: lot of people don't relate it to weight loss they relate junk food and eating healthy and exercising more so to weight loss than they would to those well, outside sleep, factors
1: sleep and well, okay yeah they they're the obvious ones um, sleep and stress can be x factors uh that can make or break you know the real good results that someone wants uh so getting getting your sleep patterns down pat um is well, you, you know when you've had enough sleep and you know when you have not. Yeah. Um, and stress, talking about stress, well, I mean, stress can derail everything just because it's it's trauma on the body. Yeah. Um, in terms of whether it's, you know, physical, emotional, mental stress, it may as well be a car crash, mm. you know? So, yeah, I think, I think um, if people have stressful situations in their lives... It is absolutely imperative to look at how can these be managed. If they can, you know can they be removed? If so, great. If not, how can they be managed? Mm. Um, so you can sort of come down from that or come up from that low as quickly as possible. Yep. Uh, well said. So let's uh, let's move on now to emails.
0: Cool. So I just realised the time I've gone a bit over.
1: Well, it's not a concern because it's our show. True. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, we could do whatever. All right, email time. We could go four hours. Make it like a mega show. (laughs) Four hours. Yeah, well,
1: why not? Just sit here and just talk shit. (laughs) Okay, so we have an email this week from Mel. Hello, Mel. Hi, Mel. Uh, So Mel has written in, Courtney, and has completely ripped you apart. Oh, that's okay. For what you said on the uh, New Year's resolution discussion. Oh, that's a few episodes back, so Mel has just torn you to shreds, <laughs> so get ready for this. Hi guys, just listened to your podcast on New Year's Day, loved it as always, and here comes the butt. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy your skepticism about resolutions, however, there is something magical about a new page on a diary or a calendar which gives hope and endless possibilities, don't you think? So that's why goal setting and resolutions are at a premium. I don't think there's anything wrong with starting the year off being full of hope and positivity and aspiring to new things. I always set resolutions, but to be honest, they give me focus and direction for the year ahead. This year, aside from my goal of getting into a bikini, my goals are lying around education, mental health, and meaningful relationships. I write down my resolutions every year and I achieve some of them. Other times, I don't. Either way, when I'm writing them down, I feel hopeful and inspired and excited. Good luck for a successful and happy 2020, 2000, 2018, guys. Love, Mel. So, Courtney, Mel has just told you how shit your podcast was recently. Oh, stop. She recently, did not. So, how do you respond?
0: She did not say that. You're totally overreacting. I actually appreciate the feedback from Mel, but the only thing that I would say with it is that I've got no objection with setting goals. I actually think that it is fantastic to set goals. We should all set goals for the new year, and I said that in the podcast. It is the word resolutions that I tend to find are not helpful to people, as opposed to setting goals. So I think a lot of people confuse setting New Year's resolutions and actual goals. Resolutions can be a little bit more wishy-washy to me, personal opinion, obviously. Everyone's got them. I just think um, that resolutions are a little bit more wishy-washy, whereas goals tend to be a lot more focused. So I think it's fantastic that Mel has set goals, because that's what she said she did, where she set goals for herself Um, and she, I'm sure, will achieve them. But I just think that at the start of the year, instead of setting news resolutions, we should set goals.
1: Wow. What what do you say? I mean, she's written in and has just torn you apart, and you've gone politically correct and given a nice, friendly response. Get into it, mate.
0: (laughs) That is what I I said.
1: Yeah. You know what? I agree. Um, There is a difference in the mindset between resolutions and goals. So... I am all for goal setting. I mean, duh.
0: Fantastic. I mean- but I do love as well what what Mel said about opening a new page of the diary or calendar. I think that that's a fantastic point. Um, because- Can I ask a question? What?
1: Do you have to wait until the new year to start a new page in the diary?
0: No. No. I think that every day, if you have a diary, is a new page. And well, every day in general is a new day. And I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to wait for the new year to set goals for yourself you can set goals for yourself anytime you know you might get to may and realize that you want to set a a new goal for yourself and remember goals change as well Mm. i mean of not not usually weight loss goals change but goals based around day-to-day life often change it depends what happens so for yourself so um definitely goal setting is so important i love though the idea of opening up a new page of your diary no matter whether it's January 1st or May 25th and writing down some sort of goal that you want to achieve that is never too late or too early to write down goals for yourself but um yeah definitely I am there yeah I'm definitely saying that I am skeptical on the word resolutions because I just think that to me resolutions have a more of a wishy-washy, flippant sort of connotation to them. There's no secret there's a lot of people that set resolutions and don't achieve them. Whereas I think when you talk about setting goals, there's a lot more um, thought that's gone into them and there's a lot more um, planning based around achieving goals as opposed to achieving just resolutions. Also, resolutions has like a one-year time frame, which to me is weird. Like if you might have a weight loss goal that's going to take you two years. So setting a um, resolution isn't really going to be helpful for you either. So um, there's a lot of factors that come into it. But yeah, personally, if I was sitting down, um, I would set goals, not resolutions.
1: Yeah, so great email, Mel. Um, it's about time someone kept Courtney honest. And, uh, and, and no, just, I
0: love the feedback. And put her
1: butt to the flames. Uh, Courtney, well done in just serving it back to Mel and just showing her who's oh, boss. Oh,
0: Stop stop you see what i have to live with like he's like this every day this isn't just for the show it's exhausting
1: love you too sweetheart (laughs) uh thanks a lot mel um we do love getting emails even ones that just tear us apart and tell us how shit we are
0: no love it yeah Um, thanks actually
1: yeah thanks a lot mel that was fantastic uh courtney Yes. What's our email address?
0: Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com.
1: I'm sorry. Can I get that one more time?
0: Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com.
1: We would love to hear from you. Uh, Send us through any feedback or abuse. Yep. Keep us honest. We deserve it. We need it. Uh, We always want to improve and need your help. So, uh, yeah.
0: Well, as I mentioned before in my top tips, I'm still learning. You know, five years in, I'm learning different things about myself and about my habits and things like that. There's always learning to be done. So, if you agree or disagree with any of my um, top eleven tips, um,
1: eleven of the top ten, yes, <laughs>
0: tell me. Definitely tell me, and I'm like, would love to hear about it.
1: Yep. Okay. On that note, let's wrap it up. That's a show, Courtney. Well done, uh, Matt. Well done as always. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. We will speak to you soon.
0: Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.